Welcome back to the 10-Week Pro Wrestling Crash Course. This is the podcast where I'm running Elliot. Hey, Elliot. That's me. That's me. That's Elliot. Yeah, he I've done this before. Well, I've been here before. You have, haven't it's not you? not my first rodeo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reoccurring guest. Um, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we're going through every... Uh, nope, that's a different intro. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. Every Hitchcock... No, every wait, that's a different Spielberg? one. That's a I've done early. that before. There we go. Yeah, Check out... Yeah. Spielberg chronologically wherever you get your podcast but in this podcast Elliot is a wrestling know nothing and I am a wrestling I don't want to say do it all but a lifelong wrestling fan and my intention is to create a new one and uh, Elliot has been kind enough to agree to run through a 10 week crash course uh, and the good thing about that is is Elliot is not someone who's just poo pooing and I'm not trying to turn around some sort of you know like Person like, I'm very excited to try and guess this week's word. Oh, you want to guess the word? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Is, was the word fun? No. Oh, <laughs> no, because those are not wrestling terms. Yeah. Those are just um, words. Uh, would, can you give me a hint? Though? Um, a gun. A gun? Oh, a murder? <laughs> <laughs> yes! Is it Tombstone? No. Because, baby, that was sweet. Okay, well, too sweet even. Uh, you don't even know. Mm, anyway. I don't. I do not. You don't. I just made a ref- wrestling reference, and it went right over your head. This is what I'm dealing with on purpose. No, the word yeah. this week is shoot. Like you shoot a gun. As in shooting the moon? Okay. As in shooting shoot. a gun. Shooting a shoot. gun, like you said earlier. Now, any yeah, guesses gotcha. to what, in terms of wrestling, shoot. shoot might mean? Hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with like the type of match we watched, right? Correct. It, is it something to do with the characters themselves? Uh, is that it, even right? Am I fair to call them characters? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, because I do have some questions about the characters this week, too. Yeah. Uh, um, think more along the lines of kayfabe. It has a little bit more to do with that. You know, one of the notes I had was that I you can watch Undertaker and uh, Mankind like talk as this is occurring, and I really thought I was like, man, I really would love to know what they're actually talking about. Like, what are the words being said? Because like they even the announcers even talk about them smile, like seeing them smile as they're getting their shit pushed in. Yeah, and I was like, but we they're smiling because it's like going well, or like, man, we just really screwed up that last thing, or are you really okay? Like, I was, I was very like, not taken out, but I was very like, I wonder what they're actually saying yeah. to each so, other as this is going forth. It was interesting to me. There can be times where it's like, hey, man, you good? Um, but a lot, and that happens in this match. Uh, for good reason, but uh, yeah. a lot of time they're actually just calling moves. Okay, they'll just be like, "That makes sense." Hey, um, you know, about the run the ropes and boy. yeah, pretty much. I'm going to tombstone your ass into oblivion after I throw you off of a cage. Before we get to the match, so a shoot is something that is not kayfabe, something that um, is real, and okay, so. But it can it generally speaking, it tends to be more of a way of defining something that's not part of the story, right? So if let's say that the Undertaker and Mick Foley actually got in a fight, okay, like actually traded blows, which has happened, that would be a shoot fight, right? They were oh, right, in a shoot right. Fight. I gotcha. Okay. Or um, if someone cuts a promo, uh, which a promo? Did we get into that? 
No, that's we next really week's work. We really haven't talked about it. We'll yeah, get into the promos We really haven't done week. the promo stuff, yeah. Uh, maybe I won't do promo because there's a match I won't. Anyway, but um, but they they cut an interview and they start talking about, uh, you know, someone sleeping with someone's wife and it's actually something that is a rumor in the background. Actually, okay. Shouldn't yeah. have been on TV. That's like a shoot. Or one of the things in this match wasn't planned and someone got shoot injured. Uh, so we watched from 1998, the King of the Ring, Undertaker, Mankind, and Hell in a Cell. Now, I gave you a little bit of homework. I said, make sure you tell your brother-in-law um, about this match. As you say, he is a wrestling fan. He grew up with this stuff. Um, did you get a chance to do yeah. that? To oh, let him know I for sure watching? First off, shout out to Rick, who might be our number one fan, um, because every like Monday afternoon or Tuesday morning, he's like, hey, I listened to the pod and it was great. So now that we are like up to date on like our timelines, yeah, uh, we could do like actual shout outs. But uh, I did mention it to him and he knew, again, knew exactly what I was talking about. Of so, course he did. He, did he he's a real any reaction. Guy. Did he go, oh shit, or anything he like that? He has. He has tried. He has inadvertently tried to say things and caught himself. Oh, and okay. then it's like I'm not gonna say anything <laughs> because he's been like good. He's because he's wanted to share, you know, and so he's done a really good job of catching himself before it gets like too far. Um, because then I even find myself wanting to ask him questions that I have saved because I'm like, well, what? Tell me more about this because like. I, I know of Undertaker. I don't really know of Mankind, but I know of uh, Mick Foley. Right. Um, but I also, like, I thought he had a sock on his hand and used a sock. Am I Am I just, like, I'm trying to remember that? if this is before that. I think this might be before that. But that, that. is part of his, his like, yeah. arc, so right? So this, this is before he kind of went comedy. Although okay. he was doing the corporate thing i can't remember the timeline as to when Sako came about but, okay but Sako is a thing i didn't make up yes, in my head that is a real i i didn't want to google it because i was afraid i would like find other things i didn't want to find but i was like i, th- I remembered him having a sock and like talking to the sock kind of like how bo burnham does in his netflix special if yeah you've seen it or not i have with Sako, which i believe his name is actually Sako too it is and I didn't Un-original. know if I was confusing the two or what, but no. Yeah. So there's a it, the, it came about when Vince McMahon had been beaten up by Stone Cold or whatever. Okay. And Vince McMahon was in the hospital, and Mick Foley shows up. Mankind shows up to cheer him up, and he puts a sock on. <laughs> hey, it's Sako, and it just caught fire, and it just became its own thing. Um, but you should. I'll see if I can find that because you should see it because Stone Cold shows up and just bedpans. Vince, it's nice. awesome. Um, Very cool. Okay, I'm glad I wasn't like just delusional <laughs> not in some weird sense. <laughs> I could gaslight like, you. I don't know what well, you're talking no, about. No, you totally could have, and I would have been like, I there's something that I'm like, just, yeah, anyway. Yeah, so um, um, this match is infamous um, in wrestling circles. I, I, I know it. It has to be. So this, this is just we this should, is crazy. We man. watched last week TLC2, which is. A spectacle to say the least. There's no time yeah, to breathe. There is some time to breathe in this match, but you need it. But um, I'm fine with it. Yeah. I'm totally cool with it in this instance. I actually was, I wanted to ask your thoughts on this match. Do you think that big, like the first time that Mick falls off, well, is pushed off 16 feet off. Do you think the people in the crowd actually thought there might be something wrong for a second? 
because of like how much time they actually spend on him like kind of getting back up to speed um could be right so to that's... me i was just like this could be like legit if i was there i might actually be like oh yeah. maybe he actually did hurt himself so this gets into and i don't remember if did did we talk about the word work i don't think we did so we'll do that i don't now. think we did either so a work is something that is kayfabe right it's the opposite of shoot right so if um if in this instance they had planned to bring out paramedics and raise the gate and really sell the fact sell that it. mankind yeah. died. That would be a work. Okay. But if they're trying to um, pretend this isn't part of the show, but it really is, that's called a worked shoot. It's where they okay. try to put something out there that sure. looks real and could be real but it's just there to trick you, even though it's all part of the plan. To you, as you're watching, do you did you find that it felt like that or not? No, because so, you're like, this is my jam. I, I know better than this. Well, so... Or can you even remember? Can you even remember the first time you saw this? Do I you, didn't see this live because okay. I was a WCW guy at the time. That was my jam. That's what I watched. I didn't watch anything else. And okay. so I heard about this. And I saw some clips. I'm like, oh, shit. So at that point, I already knew he was fine, right? Sure. Um, but so the where one- would you have seen clips, too, at this time in like 98? Just like a friend that recorded it on a VHS or something? I don't even know. That's, no, that's but- the other thing that's kind of interesting to me, too, is because like I, I would think in this timeline or this time, um, it kind of feels like a legend. Yeah, you know what I mean. If For you sure, if you're not watching it, something back in this time, which is something I wish I would have gotten into at the time, but I I didn't because I didn't know a lot of people that were into wrestling. But around this era, there's something called tape trading, uh, where you okay. say, "Hey, yeah. man, I I rented from Blockbuster and copied Royal Rumble, or I ordered Royal Rumble and I I." recorded it and you got wrestlemania from last year let's swap right and that's and actually it was more like i found some stuff from japan some crazy shit i have some stuff from japan too different type of right you're just tentacles yeah Um, yeah yeah and so we uh you know i kind of wish there's something about that sort of passion that i wish i could have been a part of but i was very much WWE was all that existed or WCW. Sure. You know, I and you. I didn't go outside of that. And so you'd see like Rey Mysterio come in and it's like Mexican wrestling. And, oh, there's a whole different style there. And then sure. Japanese. And then once the internet came around and you yeah, could watch totally, whatever you yeah. wanted, then that's when I learned about it. So I think probably I may not have even seen it until years later, possibly up into 07 when I yeah. got there was a period of time between 2001 and 07 where I just ghosted wrestling. Um, not really sure why I think I was upset that WCW died, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so this match is famous for two particular bumps. If you remember what a bump is, um, of course the first one, they climb the cage and this is something that both, uh, Mick Foley and Undertaker had talked about beforehand. Let's start on top of the cage. And hell, and now one of them's not even on top. One of them's getting smacked as he's trying to climb. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, that's Mick Foley being just a maniac. Like so, 
Mick Foley is one of those guys who remember when I talked about like the crazy hardcore stuff and it's that's how they have to kind of get themselves over. And this might be controversial because some Mick Foley's so beloved, but that's kind of his thing. Like, the, the, yeah, let's get crazy with it. Yeah, him falling off of this cage did more <laughs> for his career than anything else. I think that he's done, in my opinion. Um, which is crazy because he has done a lot. Uh, but so that first bump is planned. Right. Right. He's going off the table. It takes coordination or off the cage. It takes coordination between um, Undertaker and Mick Foley. And he hits the table. And of course, the table, which we remember from last week, the table breaks the fall. Right. Yeah. Hitting the table is the good thing. Um, And so when he takes this first dump, what was your reaction? So um, I I knew that someone was going to fall off. Right. I could just I, I. it was just one of those things. That's why you're starting up top because you're going to do something crazy. Yeah. Um, I this was the first fight that um, again I tried to predict who I think is going to win. Where I got the prediction wrong. This was my first wrong guess. I guessed incorrectly. Yeah. Um, what, and what I don't know. Brought you to that place where you thought Mick Foley was going to win. I, I think just the attitude that he started. Well, maybe it might have been the first like push off where I'm like, this is crazy. This dude's got to win. And then I was positive after the second time that he was going to win. Yeah. And then I was reassured when he threw thumbtacks on. Because then I was like, oh, he's going to fall on the thumbtacks, but he's still going to come out on top. I was positive, man. I was more positive than I had with any of the other guesses I had made. Because I was just like, he's putting on such a show, this is his to win. His performance is just so crazy to me that I'm like, of course he gets to win because he's putting himself on like he's falling 16 feet twice. Yeah. You know, like that's to me. I was like, oh, he deserves this. This is his to to win. You know, absolutely. I, I, I really thought Undertaker, um, while uh, I found him scary before the fight, you know, uh, the aesthetic of him, um, he seems like a secondary character in this fight to me. He seems like he's just somebody that McFoley has to let, you know, mankind has to fight. Yeah. So why not just be Undertaker? That's how I came off to me. And I'm sure he's got some fights where Under or Undertaker looks great and does crazy stuff, too. I'm sure. One of because he's been around forever. The right. First I mean, matches I thought of during this podcast. It's coming is an Undertaker okay. match. Um, I am not a huge Undertaker fan. I do find. Why him, is that? I find him to be a little dull and I don't okay. think generally speaking that he's that entertaining bell to bell okay. um personally i just i never cared for the gimmick the the scary ghost guy oh see i like the gimmick i really like i dig the gimmick yeah a lot of people do i'm in the minority here i and yeah, i no. while i'm not a fan uh, there's a lot of respect there because sure. he is like you said been around forever he's one of the most respected wrestlers in the world like he runs that locker room he even does something called wrestlers court where they sort of wrestlers are policing themselves and he's the the guy who presides over wrestlers court you know he's just that kind of personality and he's so well respected um and you'll i can't think of anyone who's ever said a bad word about him you know it's just one of those guys um and this is an age where pretty much everyone has something bad to say about someone else. So 
I get it. But I've always found him to be, I don't think his, his mic work is particularly strong. His character is really what gets him over to me. It's it, And the other thing is he lived the gimmick. So back in the 80s, before it was sort of well-known. He, he died and came back. No. What? Oh. No. Oh. <laughs> no. He, uh, what I mean by that is back in the 80s, it, wrestling was put out there like everything you're seeing is legit. Okay. Right. So right. the million dollar man, right? They said, are you familiar with him? No. Oh my no, gosh. No. All right. So there's a guy named Ted DiBiase. <laughs> he was the million dollar man. He's awesome. All right. But he would buy his opponents off. Like they'd come in the ring and he would, yeah, I gave you money just to not wrestle me. Go away. Or okay. he would, you know, the one famously, he pulled a kid out of the crowd and he's like, you bounced this basketball 10 times. I'll give you a hundred bucks. And as he bounced at the nighttime, he kicked it out from under the kid. Oh, and the great. kid was not yeah. in on it. Uh, so very genuine tears that, that, so one of the oh, things I love that he, uh, Vince McMahon was like, you know, everybody else is flying coach from show to show, but he's like, I can't have you on coach. Oh, so yeah. you have to yeah, fly yeah. first class because people need to believe you're this millionaire. And that's great. I, I can't have that. you stay at the, the, the holiday Inn. I got to yeah, put it up. That's great. You know, and that, and he's Undertaker. Smart. Yeah. So Undertaker was one of those guys sleeping who, in graveyards, right? He slept in grave. No, I mean, people obviously knew he wasn't undead zombie, but he would never do a shoot promo. Now that you know the word, he would never okay. come out like you would see, especially around the late nineties, uh, into the two thousands, people talking about wrestling outside of their characters. Right. And, right. um, well, heck that's the next, I think one of the next things that happens after this fight was one of those promos. Of like wrestling day or something. Yeah. And so that's kind of like Undertaker was one of the last bastions of a guy who's just like, I'm like this 24-7. There are guys that still do it. I guess you could call it like method acting for wrestling. Yeah, um, yeah. He's the Daniel Day Lewis. Of, right. He just is always in character. Yeah. And then now he that is he's Abraham Lincoln. Now yes. You'll find out about that soon. Check out Spielberg chronologically wherever you I'm get your podcast. I'm actually really excited about that episode too, but that's another conversation. Um, so yeah, he he. There there are guys now like I'm thinking of like MJF, this guy who's always evil. Like to anybody who's like, hey man, I love your heel work. He'll be like, I don't know how you're talking about you stupid Mark, which yeah, is like that's a, great. You know, a that's derogatory great. term for yeah, yeah, wrestling yeah. fans. Um, but uh, you know that sort of thing. So that's there's something I, to that though. I like that. That's oh, kind of like a. I'm for it. Like yeah, especially like I'm a wrestling fan. I already know right. Right. You know, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. going to hurt my feelings staying in character and cutting a promo on me. It'll be fine. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, I'd probably dig it. Um, yeah. Especially like if you're at ringside and you get them to like yell at you. That's what you want. You know, you just don't be a jerk. You know, don't insult their mom, yeah, yeah, but yeah. tell them they suck. Yeah. It, like that's wrestling that's cool. etiquette. Like the heel comes out. You're more than one. Hey, you suck. You idiot. Boo. But, you know, don't take it too far. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so. He falls down. The cage raises a bit. Undertaker's on top. Now, you saw a guy named Terry Funk. Terry Funk is like a legend, a hardcore legend. This guy has wrestled. Yeah, and, so, was, and Sergeant Slaughter was there, too? Yeah, at Isn't the time, I think. And I'm familiar with him. Yeah, because of G.I. Joe? 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Slaughter was at the time sort of the kayfabe, uh, like commissioner of the WWE. Like he would come out and be the uh, at the time. Actually, this is kind of just after that, but around that time, he sort of was like the guy who ran WWE in storyline, you know. Okay. But yeah, yeah, he would come out and make the announcements. So you know, and and uh, Terry Funk is a hardcore legend. He's done explosive matches with Mick Foley where they they just both are trying to die in the ring. I don't know what their problem yeah. is. Um, and so you know, they're checking on him and everything, and they get. I love my favorite part though is like. Uh, Jim Ross is on the call, right? And the, by God, he's broken in half. It's like a legendary call from the announce booth. The calling in this was fantastic, too. I have quotes that I literally paused to make sure I wrote down correctly. Because I just, I loved, like, their wordplay was so good in this yeah so that's the other part too was the announcing was like uh jerry lawler yep is that it was great yeah even though he needs like a shirt underneath that uniform no he's just like me man that boy is all hair yeah it's exactly like i am i was like oh he always wore his wrestling gear and then never wrestled is awesome there are times where he did and you never saw it coming though that was the beauty of it he's always in his gear and so when he does actually wrestle, gets up and he's already his gear, you're like, oh, shit, I didn't see it coming. But if he was already in, he'd be like, he's wrestling tonight. You know? I, I liked it because he, he comes off like he's like talks a big game, but he's always like, I got to get out of here before like, because oh. like Undertaker's walking over and he's like, I got to go. I got to go, man. Yeah. I got to get out of here. I he's, loved it. I, I loved his play. This is his best era and largely considered the best booth in wrestling is Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler. I personally... I'm a Gorilla Monsoon Bobby Heenan fan. I'll have to find a okay. match where we, you can listen to them. But, um, yeah, and it's hard to argue, though, at the same time. Like, this is a great booth. And uh, that heel work is so genius of a way to be like, now, not only is he doing his heel work, he's the cowardly heel, but he's also yeah. putting the Undertaker over. He's building him up even more. Right, oh, shit, right, I got to right. get yeah, out no, of here. Yeah, no, he does really good. I, I, it, I definitely noticed it. But he called... Uh, I. As the uh, cage was coming down, he called it, it's perverse, it's vile, it's di- It's a diabolical structure. And I, it's just it's just a cage, right? Yes. But he just describes it so well. I'm like, oh my God, you need to write. Like, I'm pretty sure that was Jim Ross. Okay, it that might made have been. That, call. that sounds like him. But it's just so, it was so perfect. And he'll do that. Like, sometimes, there are times later on where Jim Ross becomes his own number one fan and he starts really... Like, there's times where he goes, oh, my God, he's broken in half, and it works. But then there's other times where you feel like he's referencing himself later, and you're like, come on, Jim. You know, just like, someone get the damn, get the damn out of the room. And he's, like, going crazy. Even, like, Jerry the Kegelar is like, all right, calm down. Damn. (laughs) I I can imagine, like, like a weekday viewing. It's like he's one thing, but, like, on these big, like – um, I, what are yeah. these called? They're not like Super Bowls of, but they're like pay per views. The, they call them the pay per views events yeah. now. Okay, yeah, they, yeah. He's, I'm sure he's definitely like has a little more work. Or, yeah, I guess, and this is a very you know. heightened era of pro wrestling too. I, I prefer his work beforehand when he worked in WCW when it was presented as real, and mm-hmm. he had a very professional sports tone that I really liked. I find this version of him to be a bit much, um, but I'm in the minority there. That's okay. Gorilla Monsoon all day. 
I'll have to yeah. find a match. We'll get one. So he also he also calls mankind when mankind's coming out. He says of all the things he's missing, I think he misses his mind the most. And again, to me, I just I love the they do such a good job because I know so little about them. Yeah, of being like, oh yeah, like mankind's just like this crazy guy who's like a screw loose or two or five, you know. I, I just thought the the way they described it for me, it really sold on me on the characters, and then yeah. I thought that mankind and Undertaker played the roles that they were described as really well in this. Yeah, absolutely. for someone again who knows nothing, uh, you know, I was I totally bought in instantly, and I don't know if I bought in instantly because now I've been watching more and more, so I'm like, oh, he's gonna climb up and he's gonna smack him with a chair the moment he gets up there, and then that's what happens, and you're like, I'm like, ah, nice, yeah, I saw that. So you yeah. saw that coming. They raise the cage. They get him on the stretcher. They get him. Oh, before I go too far, two people or maybe more who didn't know this was coming was the Spanish announce table. Okay, that's that was another thing. I because they had mentioned that, so they don't they didn't know at all that that was they, happening. I, if you had to guess, my speculation is they did not because it looked like they were totally caught off guard. I don't think anybody warned them. And those guys were in the most danger. You might say, oh, Mick Foley's falling off the cage. He's I don't know. Having Mick, Mick Foley knew he was coming off the cage. Those guys just have this 300-pound guy land in their lap. And one of them, like, if you rewatch it, he's, like, oh, yeah. buckled over. I watched over. it twice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, damn. So those guys got screwed. And it, what's kind of funny, and nowadays they really only have one booth and then the other languages are kind of in the background you never really see them that much but back when they had two booths on these pay-per-views of spanish and in english one of these is getting destroyed one well, of those tables is, is gone yeah. and it's always the spanish table that's fantastic uh, yeah and, I, I love that stuff like that's great to me. yeah like i was re-watching this match a while ago and i texted my other wrestling friend i was like worst job in wrestling spanish announce table you know because <laughs> that's good yeah they're coming yeah, into your lap uh, so they pull him down to the stretcher. He gets down to. Did you think the match was over? Like they really kind of sell the. We're sorry, fans. This is not what you wanted. You know, this match is definitely over. Like we I can't- didn't. I didn't think that. And I didn't. I, I didn't think that. But I. I did think that uh, mankind was definitely down a little longer than they intended for him to be. Like I felt like they really. He really was like, oh, I do need an extra like minute. Give me another like second to like kind of get with it because undertaker's just kind of like walking around up top you know he's not really doing much and then he you know i, I just i didn't I, think it was over but i did think that there was like well as a wrestling up. fan him just kind of wandering around with nothing to do kind of actually sold it a little more for me okay because like if it's planned you know he'd be down there beating on the guy you know and just kind of really doubling down on it but the times when people legit get injured, that's what they do. They stand around okay. confused, you know. <laughs> oh, what do we do? Well, you know, how do for we finish me, this? it was it was they kept replaying the fall, right? Right. Like they kept just doing it again and again and again. I was like, oh, you're like trying to fill, you know, because like maybe that's what that for me that's that was where my mind went was like, yeah. oh, they're they just keep showing it, which is awesome looking. But I was like, oh, each time I was like, oh, did he like? just hit too hard on his back or did he land on his side when he shouldn't have? Um, because I, I did watch one season of that. I know we talked about the MTV wrestling. Yeah. Tough enough. Yeah. I watched like tough enough two or three or something. 
Um, there was a phase in my life where I watched whatever was on MTV from like 10 to 11 o'clock yeah. before I would go to bed every night because I was trying to be cool and I wanted kids to like me. It didn't work. Right. Um, but I did. So whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, please. I'm doing a, a wrestling podcast with a guy I've never met in person. Right. Uh, uh, Nerds. <laughs> but, idiots. um, <laughs> um, they had talked about how, like, when you take a fall, like, this is how you, you fall and, like, you spread out and, you know. Right. So I, I – there's things like that, that I, I just remember for whatever stupid reason where I don't remember anything else. But I remember them practicing, like, picking up people and, like, throwing them. And that's what I was just like, oh, he did land – he landed on his side when he shouldn't have. Like, that was what was kind of going through my head with my very limited knowledge. Yeah. So he's on the stretcher and he gets up and he starts heading back to the ring. Uh, one of the most badass moments in any character's like story, like just the cell of that, like, okay, he's dead. Oh, here he comes. And not only here he comes, he's going back up, up. the cage. I wrote, they're going to fall through the damn cage. So you knew they were going through the cage now. Well, I, so when you watch them walk the first time up, you could see the cage was just like flexing. Right. And I was like, that's those bars are not like it's not very like structured, very soundly like OSHA would have a big issue with. Yeah, you think with the design of this like this box. Um, and the second time it was give, even more give when they would move. And I could tell that they were kind of holding back and how they like fought because the cage was like giving more than I think they thought it would. And I was like, oh, they're going to fall. Like, I, I literally said that out loud to Tessa. You think um, it would be an accident, or you thought it was going to be... I you, thought it was planned. You think it would be a shoot or a work? Yeah, I, I thought it was... I thought it was um a shoot. A work. A work. A work and, means fake, right? Fake, yeah. yeah I thought it was go. a... Well, yeah, I guess I thought it was a work. Only because I could just see it, like, as each step, like... It um, bows mankind and gives. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, oh, there's no way like this isn't like getting ready to happen. But I did not think it would be mankind again. I did yeah. not see that. Because to me, I'm like, oh my god, that's the second time this poor man has fallen 16 feet. Because they always they kept saying 16 feet. And I'm like, dude, 16 feet kills people, man. Like I just like that's well, if you a hit lot a table, you'll fall. be okay. Yeah, and the second hit fall, he hit the ring, right? He didn't yeah, go all the way to the floor. Which is just padded anyway, right? Yeah, wrong. So. This is a botch, a shoot. He was not supposed to fall through this cage. That's crazy interesting to me. Yeah. So the way Mankind tells, and there's been plenty of interviews, Mankind mostly talking about it, because again, Undertaker doesn't really do interviews or didn't in the past. So he does the choke slam. He falls through. The chair hits him, and he hits the ground. Mankind says the worst of these two falls was that one. Because those rings don't give, and he was legit knocked out. That's crazy. Terry Funk gets in the ring. All that concern on the second one is, is like legit. legit. They're like, oh, yeah. shit. And like even uh, they, they shoot up at Taker looking down, and Undertaker's like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's like, I am going to get in real tr- legal trouble for this one. Yeah. So he's actually legit knocked out. And... There's even a moment where they, you see his face, and it's kind of another iconic shot, and he's smiling in the camera, and he's got something white in his nose that is a legit tooth that wow. got knocked out and came out his nose. Wow. So um, 
this was completely not supposed to happen, right? Um, That's crazy. So they take all that time out and they get the match going again. And relatively from here, it's kind of tame. But that first moment where Mick Foley gets up and takes like a punch from Taker and just kind of crumples over. Um, that's real. He yeah, he's really cr- yeah. That's... Yeah, he even says that he doesn't remember that part. Nice. Um, that's good. Yeah, probably nice. for the best. Definitely not CTE on that, right? Yeah. That's, well, wow. if anybody has it, it's Mick Foley. Um, check out the Royal Rumble where he fights The Rock. Um, he uh, yeah somehow gets up, finishes the match. And that's kind of like, this is one of the things in wrestling I don't like is when people get legitimately injured, there is this mentality, this old school mentality of finish the show, you finish the show, you work it out. You know, there are exceptions, but, and Mick Foley is as traditional as it gets when it comes to that sort of thing. There's not much that's going to keep him down. Um, I don't know if he's ever been in a match that he didn't finish because of injury. It's a lot like football for me, where that is a very common thing that's talked about now is this whole like brain damage kind of stuff where these guys, these young men, essentially, right, because they've been playing this game since they were probably in junior high or high school, right, Right. are told to just like suck it up, buttercup, you know, like you play in 100 degree heat in the summer with full pads on, you know, if you drink water, you're kind of a pansy, Um and you you hide your concussions, right? Like it's becoming a thing. There was a big thing the last year with the Miami Dolphins quarterback. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Yeah, not. where he I mean he was concussed, but, they put it back in and just a and gruesome. It's crazy. Hit. Yeah. Right? It's just crazy looking. And I'm it's a very easy line to draw from that to, to wrestling where I'm sure it's it's you know years of, you know the I'm sure these guys who are wrestlers probably watched it or had a relative who was in it right and they've just been brought up in that system probably most of their lives right yeah and or they so just they're just fell like, in love with it yeah yeah and you're just like that's you don't do that right you just you work through that and you're like that's great now but like you know in 10 to 15 20 years like you know someone's I mean, opening your jars for you plenty of guys can feel you know condemned to wheel not condemned confined to wheelchairs and sure. you know just because they did flying headbutts, you know, and that's just the dark side of, of physical sports, right? I mean, that's yeah. the, the thing it, with football for me is it's something I have to, you you know, it's something I have to kind of be like, yeah, that's you know, somebody's gonna die one day, yeah, you know, um, doing it, and it's gonna be a big thing, and then there'll be some real big changes, but until then, it's fine, I guess, right? I well, it's like Dale Earnhardt dying, you know, like, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah, it's you know, you just you just do it. it's what you do, well, so, um. Yeah, and, and so for me, I if people are going to get injured, and like I said, there were times where people have just taken a body slam, they've taken uh, basic maneuvers and died in the ring. So, and those kind of things, I'm like, well, that's just like a freak accident. Right. Um, I, I just generally, I'm not, and I think just over time, because at the time I was probably like, oh yeah, but like now I kind of like. I, I really like two guys. Yeah, the adult on, in you goes, oh. Yeah, I don't know that yeah. that's a good idea. These guys, and I'm old enough now where I call them kids and whatever, you know. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, they're 20, 25. I'm like, yeah. Oh, but isn't that disgusting? Don't you look at it like a 25-year-old and just go, ugh, you're gross. Yeah, when I'm older than pretty much everyone in the NFL now, <laughs> that was like. Oh, man. That hurts. Yeah. 
So when they actually get back down to the ground, the thumbtack thing was also pretty interesting to me. Are those legit thumbtacks? So, yes. Okay. Those, I, thought, I, I assumed they were. Yeah. Uh, so, and Mick Foley uh, has said, you know, he's done things with like fire and tables and explosives God. and just all kinds of crazy shit. And he's like, of the things we do, this is the safest. It's going to hurt like a bitch, but it's not actually going to injure you in any meaningful way. Um, that's crazy. So that's that, just that's that's ridiculous. The, he is known. There's been two, maybe three times. I, I think uh, guys like Randy Orton, uh, Ric Flair, and what was it? Oh, Edge, where they wrestle Mick Foley, and he puts them in tacks, right? You know, and it kind of like gives them a a bit of legitimacy, especially in this nineties, late nineties, early two thousands era, bloodthirsty fans that, you know, guys like Randy Orton who are like, uh, he's kind of baby faced. And this young kid, who does he think he is? Mick Foley throws him in tax. And all of a sudden people are like, Oh, well he's a badass, yeah. you know? Yeah, and it's yeah. kind of like, uh, to me, I'm not big onto the tax. I'm not big on like a table spots fine, but if you give me like good storytelling and just good one-on-one matches or tag team matches, I'm fine. I'm fine. But well, right before the tax, he did a pile driver, which I was like, "Oh, this is looking." He so he's still like moving around, man. He's still very physical. Yeah, which is insane because you know? inside his brain is soup. <laughs> it's just mush. Yeah, it's um, insane. And then the tombstone at the end. I know I've said it already, but like, it's just. Is that a classic move of his? I'm assuming that is his it, signature. It's his finish. finisher. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's a great finisher, man. Like an all time such a great. cool looking move to me. Yeah, um, it, it is an all time great. Like if there's a Mount Rushmore finishing holds. It's like DDT, yeah, Figure Four, Tombstone, and then maybe like the Stone Cold Stunner or something. You know, it's like yeah, right there. yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I'm familiar with that one too. Being yeah. crazy good. Uh, yeah, so uh, the match ends somewhat unceremoniously. Like after the the two big stunts, I, I always I think most of the wrestlers match sort of gets forgotten about because the only thing people remember are the two big bumps. Yeah, of course. Um, um I I wrote that I liked the end music because it's just like that cathedral kind of sound. Oh, take uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, this is great. Um, because then they do put uh, mankind on a stretcher again. And for a half second, he almost has his hands crossed like he's dead. And I was like, this is just fantastic. Like, it's just like a little over the top. But I'm also like, he probably is like, please just carry me off at this point. Like, get me some Gatorade. Get me, you know, some fruit chews or something. Yeah. You know. And uh, yeah, so this match is legendary for a, those re- for two big reasons, right? Two pumps that are out of control and crazy. And... Uh, the the fall off the cage has been done again, and actually a taller cage by Shane McMahon, um, Vince's son, but he jumps off the cage himself. But anyway, if you want to look it up, you can. It's a much taller cage, and it's way scarier. Uh, But they also have manufactured the in-ring 
one, but they rig the ring so it's like he's falling in a cloud. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Poof, yeah. It like gives way. Well, hell, it, you have to. Yeah, yeah, because that ring, if you watch it again, just know that that oh, ring... Oh, no, it, there's no give. There none. is no give. The WWE like, yeah. rings at this time were notorious for just yeah. not caring. It, it is a steel block, man. Yeah. With a little bit of uh, padding on the top, a little bit of foam. So, uh, once again, Dave Meltzer, famous wrestling journalist, rates these matches on a scale of five stars. Of course, that's changed recently. We're sticking to five stars. Uh, let's run it down. Uh, Eddie versus Ray, Halloween Havoc, 4.2 stars. Brett versus Austin at WrestleMania 13, 4.5. Nakamura versus Sami Zayn at TakeOver Dallas, 3.7 stars. And last week, TLC2, five stars. Man, I don't know how this is not like a five star. I to me, I didn't see the outcome, right? I I incorrectly predicted who was going to win, so I'm already like, oh, you you got me on that. Um, I I saw the first like push coming. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah this is great. Did not see that second one. Um, the thumbtacks at the end, I thought was just like a nice touch of like this is ridiculous. Like now you're getting out of hand. Um, <laughs> Like I said, the two, that was my first time actually seeing a tombstone. I, I just thought it was good. I, I thought Mankind just sells the hell out of this fight, man. This I Like I said, this word for me this week is fun. I had fun from the start to the finish. And there's a big gap of like kind of just like, you know, nothing is happening, but it didn't right. bother me at all. You know, yeah. the fight's a little longer than a half hour, I think. Um, more or less, but like, and almost uh, like half of it's not even wrestling. Yeah, but yeah. that didn't bother me in the least. Good back to back five star matches. You are a man who appreciates violence. It's just fun though to me. Like I said, it's just <laughs> yeah. it's it's just fun to watch it. You're like, this is just it's crazy, and it's crazy because it's like that's not going to really happen. You know, I, we didn't talk about like Mick Foley um, picks up like the stairs, the steel stairs yeah. at one point, you know, like all that kind of stuff to me. I'm just like, that's fun. Like, I'm like, this is great. This is kind of what I, I think of like the zaniness yeah. of it. You know, like it's not um, it's out of the realm of realistic. Like this isn't you don't really do that. You know, that ki- literally kill that would person. murder someone. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm but I'm fine with it, you know, because I know that and I and I don't know. I don't know if I would have appreciated it at a younger age than I do now where I can like look at it from the outside perspective and be like, Oh yeah. Like obviously that you can't do that, but that's still fun. Yeah, it is fun. Um, all right. Well, no more fun for you next week. We're taking away. We you've had tables, ladders, chairs, a gigantic cage, guys falling everywhere. We're going back to a one-on-one match. And this is a match I saw live, not in person, but on TV because I was hyped. Is hell for it. So when I give you the link, watch the first little segment there. Okay. Where the guys announcing this match are going to be watching. Um, and then you can jump forward to the timestamp I give you. But uh, same year, 1998. I think this happens a little bit before that, though. Um, at this time, WCW and Monday Night Raw, again, are in their Monday Night War. They're trading ratings. But WWE is starting to take the lead. So as a way to what you call pop a rating, they want to beat WWE next week. They decide to put on Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan versus Goldberg. 
Okay, now we're talking names that I... So I figure if we're going to go back into one-on-one matches and nobody's falling off of anything, maybe it'll help if you know... Because you've said you know Goldberg and you know yes. Hulk Hogan. Yes, yeah, yeah. Goldberg was huge when I was in fifth and sixth grade. That was yeah. the guy that was being talked about during lunch. I was an adult that I had mowing no lawns. Idea. Yeah, middle school. Uh, I had a crush on Amanda. Uh who uh, didn't go well? It's some girl that was not my okay. wife. Yeah. You know, <laughs> All right. It was just like, it might have been like the first girl I had an actual crush on, you know, one of those kind of things. Yeah. Um, Pokemon had just come out recently. That was a big part of my life. Uh, and then still... people having Goldberg shirts that I had no idea who he was, but I everyone was talking there about it. There was a moment. Listen, and I'll probably talk about it next week, but WCW never really created that many stars. They took a lot of guys who were established and maybe and arguably made them bigger stars, but they didn't have a lot of guys who were homegrown talent, except for Goldberg. You know, Goldberg didn't exist before WCW. They made him a star that he is today, you know. But right. um, it's a it's a short match. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. The crowd is red hot which I always appreciate. Um, and it might be a short episode because it is not <laughs> the longest match. Okay. Uh, and it certainly doesn't have as much to talk about as uh, Mick Foley versus Undertaker. But uh, I need to ease you back in a little bit to... No, but I think you've done it. You're doing it right because like now I'm kind of like, okay, I'm into this. I'm into this now. So Because your final exam is really going like... to be a one-on-one... 30 minute match like okay so and it's the match that i think of and i was like what's the greatest match of all time and while i don't necessarily know but the first one that always comes to mind is your final um, that's exciting too i'm excited to hear that to see how you feel about that so uh do you got anything you want to plug any places you can be found red um, yeah, yeah 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 gamingnexus.com i uh, do my news and reviews on that site just recently did the very controversial Hogwarts Legacy. It's only controversial uh, because of the author, the, right? The terrible author, yeah. That's, um, I, I was literally the first paragraph um, in my review is like, hey, I'm not talking about anything other than this game. That's, you know, for a right. different place. And great game, by the yeah. way. It's just, especially if you're, a, if you're a Harry Potter fan, it's like a 10 out of 10. If you're a video game fan, it's like a 9, 9.5 out of 10, you know. But, what about uh, yeah. hentai fans? Uh, well, it depends on the kind of hentai we're talking about here. You know, um, do you like squirrel girl octopus? Mm, I don't know. There's not a lot. All of, right. It's um, not for me then. That's right. Yeah. You can swim in, in Hogwarts Legacy, but you can't dive. So, okay. Well, um, if you want to get uh, more from me, I've got two other podcasts. I got the movie draft house where I do a mark uh, where we watch a movie he a week. does mark. And we draft them, and it's a lot of fun, and we usually have largely differing opinions, which makes it fun. Uh, another podcasting list, too, where our opinions don't deviate quite as much is Spielberg chronologically as we reach the tail end of Spielberg's career. Uh, you can join us for that wherever you get your podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Podcast by Jeff. Follow Elliot on Twitter at Elliot underscore rights. And we'll see you next week for course six i'm just now this late in the show gonna call them courses course six. that's right that's right yeah goldberg good. it's been planned the whole time goldberg versus Hulk. that's right next week monday night nitro <laughs> <laughs>